are listening to the Long Hollow Young Adults Podcast. We are the Young Adults Ministry at Long Hollow Church, located in Hendersonville, Tennessee. If you are interested in learning more about us or looking to attend one of our gatherings, you can follow us on Instagram at LHYoungAdults or visit longhollow.com for more information. And now, a message from our Young Adults Pastor, Dylan Young. good to see all of you. I'm so glad there's so many new faces here every week. Yeah, man, I want to take a second. I realize I'm pretty new around here still, and I, I think I take that for granted at times. So um, if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name's Dylan. I've been the young adult pastor for like two months now. So if you're new, I'm new right along with you in this room. Um, so we can do this thing together, but um, I'm so glad you guys are here. Uh, I want to tell you, just watching you guys, I'm, I'm normally at the back watching while you worship, and, and I worship alongside you. And man, it's encouraging um, just seeing you guys worship and, and thinking about what we're about to talk about. Um, I believe you guys are willing to be different. I, I think you're uh, able to do it, and I think you're willing to go out into a world that um, wants to pull you all different directions. Um, and I look at this room, and I see a lot of people with the potential to be set apart, I mean, to live holy lives. Um, and, and we have a great way, an easy way, honestly, that we can do this and that we can be set apart from the world. So as we uh, continue moving through this Do Not Enter series tonight, we're talking about sexuality. So if, you're, if you haven't been with us, we're following along with the things Pastor Robbie has been talking about on Sunday morning through uh, this current series we're in. And I want to push you guys again to, uh, for, for one prioritize Sunday mornings and, and Pastor Robbie's sermons. If you've missed any of them, please go back and listen to them from these last three weeks. Um, I would encourage you to, we've been doing some extended conversations on what we call the breakdown, which you can find on YouTube, some, some conversations with Pastor Robbie and Candy about her past, conversation with one of our staff members who's wrestled with same-sex attraction, um, and there's a whole resource page there too with some different stuff to, to point you to, to educate ourselves and, and dig a little deeper on all this that we're talking about. So really, really want to encourage you guys to lean in and like, there's no way we can cover all that we could talk about um, in a little 30-minute sermon, right? Um, so I want, to, I want you to go do some work for yourself too. Um, and if there was ever a time for, Carrie just said this, but if there was ever time for you to jump into a life group or to invite a friend in, like this, this is it. Um, this, is, this is stuff that we want people to hear about God's design for sexuality um, and the fact that it's good for us. Like I think a lot of times uh, we, we get a bad rap. We have like this boring God who withholds things from us and he has this boring view of sexuality, right? And that's just, that's just not true. Um, that's not the God that we serve. So um, jump into a life group, continue this conversation, get to talk about it with some friends, um, and bring somebody with you whenever you come so that uh, we can continue to, to spread this good God that we have. Uh, now, if you are, are like probably more people in the room, some of you started squirming when you heard me first mention that we're going to talk about sexuality tonight, right? Like it can feel like we, we don't enter into that. That's like it's personal, it's private, it's intimate. Like well, why are we going to talk about that at church? Uh, and I would encourage you just tonight, we're going to talk about it because we see God's word talk about it. So those are the things that we want to talk about. Um, and it, maybe you're on the flip side of that where you feel like maybe you've got shame over something in your past or even your present. And when you walk closer to a, a church door, you feel that do not enter sign over the door and it gets brighter and brighter as you get closer to the door. And maybe you feel like this isn't a place that you're not always welcome. And I would encourage you that you are here. Uh, whatever your past is, whatever your present life looks like, this is a safe place for you to come. And I'm glad you're in here. Um, so 
to lighten the mood a little bit as we begin, who remembers, you guys are old enough for this, who remembers their actual birds and the bees talk with their parents, right? See, we got like real hesitant hands going up like, yep, that's, I have that memory, I do. I've been trying to forget it, but you just brought it back up, right? Um, who, would anybody say like their parents actually did a really good job raising them and teaching you about sexuality? Okay, we got one. Um, but notice there's one. Um, you know, this stuff can be awkward. It can be tough to know what to tell a kid, what not to tell a kid. Um, so this is kind of a test of our relationship as pastor and church member tonight. Um, just know I'm going to use like the word sex a lot uh, and, and other terms that like maybe we don't talk about in church a whole lot, but that's the conversation we're in tonight. So um, you can buckle up with me. Uh, what, what I hope you will leave with tonight is that I hope you'll see that sexuality is a big deal to God. It's a big deal to him because it has meaning behind it, um, and it can display his glory in a really great way. Um, so I hope you'll see that and then leave tonight wanting to uh, grow even more and more in stewarding your sexuality, because it looks a little bit different for all of us, right? And we want to steward that. I, that's, that's a term that I've heard recently, and I think it's really good. Like, we all have a particular sexuality. Uh, it can mean a lot of different things in our lives. And um, what we're called to do is take what we have and use it for the glory of God. So that's where we're headed tonight. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. If you want to be turning there, it's in the back third of your Bible. Sorry, 1 Corinthians 6. Colton, you caught that already, didn't you? He knew I was wrong. 1 Corinthians 6, and we're looking at verse 12 to begin with. It'll be up on the screen if you don't have a Bible with you. But um, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says this. And the, the thing that we're going to see here as we keep moving forward is just that sex has meaning. Sex has meaning. That's, that's the point of what Paul's trying to, to get across here, one of the points. Um, sex has meaning. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food is for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will do away with both of them. However, the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. God raised up the Lord and will also raise, up by his, and will also raise us up by his power. Don't you know that your bodies are part of Christ's body? Like he's trying to tell us here, like what we do with our bodies, what we literally do with our bodies matters. It's a big deal to God. It should be a big deal to us. Verse 15, don't you know that your bodies are a part of Christ's body? So should I take a part of Christ's body and make it a part of a prostitute? Absolutely not. Don't you know that anyone joined to a prostitute is one body with her? For scripture says the two will become one flesh. But Anyone joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Y'all, that's good news for all of us tonight, right? Verse 18, flee sexual immorality. In light of what all Paul's been saying so far, flee sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the person who is sexually immoral sins against his own body. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought at a price. So glorify God with your body. Paul says a lot of the same things over and over again, just in these eight verses, right? Like, why is this such a big deal to Paul? Obviously, there's something going on in the Corinthian church that he's trying to address, but it's the same for us, right? Like, we live in a 
hyper-sexualized culture. Like it can feel like at times that is uh, all, the, all of you that really matters in life. Um, and, and what Paul wants us to get to here is that this thing has meaning. Like sex is not just for fun. It's not just for creating children. Like it has meaning and it shows us something about God. It teaches us something and it teaches the world something. And I, I want to read you a quote as we start from a book. This book is on our the recommended resources page. Go check it out. It's called Mama Bear Apologetics. It's not the manliest title, but um, it's a honestly best book I've read on this topic. You should check it out. Um, here's the quote. It says, if we are to understand sexuality, we must go back to the very beginning. Sex is intended to be a sign of the covenant between husband and wife. Every time a married couple makes love, they are in bodily form repeating their marital vows. God doesn't place limits on sex because he wants to downplay the goodness of sex. That's not why he does that. He places limits on sex because it has meaning, meaning that our culture has lost. Y'all, sex is a representation of God himself. Uh, when it's within the confines of marriage, we see this marriage covenant. It's a picture of Christ's relationship with the church. And, and it, sex is only found there, and that's for a reason. Because God wants to uphold this image of himself. He wants us to represent him well. Um, and that, that's, It's not something to be casual about, right? I'm like, God has an actual purpose for us in this way. Um, and it, it can feel, like they mentioned, God doesn't put limits on it for no reason, right? It can feel, it can feel restrictive to the, to the world and to us even at times. But um, I want you to think about it this way. Raise your hand if you ever had a MySpace account. Okay, very few of you. I am shocked how many hands just went up, honestly. I never had one. I was like way late to social media. Uh, but I never had a MySpace. But it was popular to begin with, right? It's like the first step into social media. Um, so it was this cool thing. The cool thing about it was you could do whatever you wanted to on MySpace. Like you can have this wallpaper on your background of your page if you want to. You can use crazy fonts if you want to. You can have a song playing whenever somebody goes to your page. Some of you are remembering what the song was that you had on your page right now. That customization MySpace had was also part of their downfall. Like MySpace became this place where it was like, whoa, like there is too much going on here. Like it all feels scrambled and it's just not, there's not, we don't know what we're doing here. I think I'm gonna stay away from that. And then you see other social media step in, right? That have this clean picture, uh, that have a simple, uh, simple way of doing things. You can think about it this way. This is going to be the best audience participation question I've ever done in my life. Raise your hand in here if you have an iPhone. Yes. That's like, like that is what every pastor is looking for when they actually ask a question. Almost everybody in here has got an iPhone, right? That's because uh, some of you are feeling super judged right now because you <laughs> don't have an iPhone. Look, don't be looking around at who didn't raise their hand. I was the guy with the green text at one time too. Uh, but... Uh, have you ever thought about how little you can actually customize your Apple products? Like, they don't let you do much to your phone to make it look very different. It's simple, it's clean, it's the design they want, and they force you to stick with it. There's not a whole lot of customization you can do on your iPhone. And I've, I've thought about that before, but it, it made me think of it this week, and I did a little digging just to why they do that. And I came across a, a USA Today article from several years ago 
But the summary sentence that they had about why Apple limits what you can do within their products was this. It said, you can always tell when someone's using an iPhone. And that's the whole point. They want it to be, everybody, anybody sees this product in your hand and you know, yep, that's an iPhone, that's an Apple product. They want you to see an iPhone in somebody's hand and it's unmistakable what they're holding and you immediately think of Apple, right? They're not going to let it look like anything. They want you to know that is an Apple product. Friends, God's design for sexuality is similar in a lot of ways. It's this picture that only works within the parameters of marriage between one man and one woman. That's the only way the picture works. It's this uh, a picture of Christ and the church, and he doesn't give us authority to pick and choose what we do with it because it messes up the picture. It messes up the representation of him, and God wants people to see how we steward our sexuality, and people see it, and they immediately think of God. And that's the whole point, right? Sex is not about us. It is something that we get to enjoy within marriage, but it's not about us. It's about pointing people to God, ultimately. We want people to see the way we handle our sexuality and think of God. Now, most of you in the room are not married. Pastor Robbie has already done a great job talking about God's design, talking about marriage. So that's not where I'm going to spend my time tonight. Again, go listen to Pastor Robbie. He's our pastor. He's got a PhD. He's way smarter than me. You know, go listen to him. Um, but married people are not the only people who can glorify God through their sexuality. Like you don't have to be married for in order for this to be something you can do. Um, people notice the way you handle this topic, right? You can really stand out in some easy ways if you'll handle this well. Um, and I, I want to lean in on the fact that Paul tells us to flee sexual immorality. So he, um, if you look back at verse 18, y'all have heard this before. Flee sexual immorality. Like he doesn't beat around the bush about it. He's very clear with his words. Um, flee sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the person who is sexually immoral sins against his own body. Like, when you put it that way, it's like, why would we do this to ourselves, right? Um, and, and what I want, I want to focus in on some kind of some best practices, really practical stuff. Um, I'm not going to hit everything we could possibly talk about here, but Lord willing, you're stuck with me for a while, and we'll get to all of it at some point, I promise. Um, I'm planning on being here. You can join me if you want to, but um, we're, we're going to look at some best practices tonight for how we handle our sexuality. Um, Look, he's talking about what we do with our bodies, having meaning, having purpose. Because look, what we do with our bodies, um, it either glorifies God or it hurts his image, right, uh, to the outside world. Um, so let's talk about some specifics. And, and the first thing I want to address is the whole idea of purity culture. Y'all may be young enough that you kind of missed some of that, but I was part of it. I got to experience all of it. And I had a keychain for the longest time at about a decade, I threw away, um, and I so wish right now I still had that keychain because it was given to me at one point in high school, and I signed my name on one side of it, and on the other side of it, I really, this was part real for me, part humor that I actually kept this on my keychain for like a long time. Um, but on the other side, it said, I won't until I say I do. That was the thing. I was like, man, I signed my name on it, so I'm good. I, there's nothing. I took it on dates with me. I showed a girl, and the first time I took her out, this didn't, this isn't happening. Look, I signed the keychain. This is what we're doing, and we're not going there. Um, 
no, that's not how it works, right? Like there, there are so many, I am not against purity at all, obviously. Uh, but it did, that was one of the efforts that was made that honestly made no difference in my life, having that uh, keychain on my, on my keys, right? But um, y'all, what we can do is pursue holiness and then let uh, that take care of our sexuality for us. Purity culture did some good things. They had really great intentions with that. I do not mean to dog on that at all. Um, but I've had friends who, uh, for one, felt dirty because of the things they heard. Um, sex was this just off-limits thing. Don't think about it. Don't talk about it. Don't go there. And it almost created this environment where we can't talk about it. Um, it's like, I don't even know. I don't want to bring it up because I'm going to feel condemned and it's awkward and I don't want to do that and we don't enter there. Um, it also had the opposite effect on, on some people who ended up being married. I, I, I know of at least one friend, I'm sure it's happened to others, who they got married and sex was so off limits to them that even after they got married, it took a long time for them to be able to uh, do that. <laughs> it took months for them to be able to be intimate with their spouse because it had become so taboo to them that they couldn't imagine that it could possibly be a good thing. And I, I want to tell you that, that it is. It, this, God created it for our enjoyment. Um, basically, it can feel like you can mess up anywhere else, but if you mess up in the sexual realm, that's where you kind of, you know, you're really off. I don't know if you can be forgiven for sexual sin, right? Um, that's not the message that I want you to hear tonight. Um, no matter where you are, no matter what experiences you've had, things you've tried or, or stayed away from, like God, God forgives every bit of it, y'all. You don't have to worry about that tonight. Um, like I said, y'all, if we'll, if we'll worry about pursuing God, pursuing holiness in every realm of our life, our sexuality is going to take care of itself. Um, let's talk about dating for a second. Dating, I imagine, is going to come up quite a bit in this room. So if you find yourself dating now, you find yourself dating in the future, um, what I want to encourage you to do is to have bright lines within your relationship. What do I mean by bright lines? This is a, it's a term that you might find in goal setting uh, books. The idea is this, if you're trying to get to a goal, our goal here being holiness, uh, we're gonna put parameters around the way we do things, right? We're gonna set some bright lines. Bright lines are clear, you can see them coming, you know when you're approaching them, and you can avoid whatever it is that that bright line is. So uh, when we think about this in terms of dating, what I would say is uh, this is not a bright line. We're really gonna try to hang out in groups most of the time. Not a bright line. That's not gonna, that's super vague. Like you're, you're gonna be, it's gonna be easy to cross that line, right? But if you and the person you're dating come up with something like, we will not be alone after 11 p.m., that's a bright line. Like you can see that coming literally on the clock. That's our rule. We don't cross that line. It's simple. It's easy. The simpler you make it, the easier it is to follow the rules that you set up for yourself. So I really want to encourage you, if you're dating now, if you date in the future, you've got to actually have these conversations. Like, trust me, I've dated, I've been there. You gotta have these conversations or you're gonna do whatever you feel in the moment. And that's not where we want to be, right? Um, those conversations, they can be awkward, right? But we gotta, we gotta enter into those conversations too. And I don't want you to kid yourself about what counts as too far, right? Like we always wanna ask the question, like what is too far? What, when I, when's the actual line that I cross into sin? You know, that's the wrong question. Um, what, what is Paul telling us to do? He's telling us to run the other way. 
get as far as we can, don't look back. That's the attitude we ought to have when it comes to uh, how far is too far. And I've heard a pastor say before, if your body is preparing itself for sex, then you've gone too far. And I think that's probably a quality thought um, for us to consider when we're, when we're putting these things into practice. Um, now, you knew I was going to this next thing at some point. Um, I don't know if this applies to anybody in the room. I am not trying to single you out if it does. But dating and living together, y'all, I, you're setting yourself up for failure. And you know that. I know you know that. Um, but you just are. Like I, Pastor Robbie talked about it a little bit on the, the breakdown last week. Is it sin to live with another person in and of itself? No. But, y'all, you're kidding yourself if you think you can do that and hold up for however long you're dating or engaged before you get married. Um, I, Rachel and I did not live together, and there was temptation everywhere, right? Like, I cannot imagine if we had lived in the same place um, I think you're kidding yourself if you think you're going to hold up to that. And that, here's my thought on that. It just doesn't look like fleeing sexual immorality to live together. That, that looks like getting as close to it as we can without stepping in. It just doesn't work, guys. We, we're called to flee these things. And listen, I get it. It's expensive to live around here right now. Apartments are expensive. Houses are expensive. I get it. I want you to trust that if God can take care of you individually before you were dating, before you ever got together as a couple, then he can take care of you individually in your own places until you get married. God can do that. Do we trust him enough to say he can take care of me to do that? Here's what I don't want you to do. Please don't make a practical decision at the expense of a faithful one. And you can think about that in a lot of different ways, but y'all don't make a practical decision at the expense of a faithful one. I think God's going to honor it when we make the faithful decision. And the last thing on dating that I want to say, sometimes fleeing sexual immorality is going to mean fleeing a person. There was a situation a few years ago at the church that I've heard about um, that gives us a great example of this, an unfortunate example, but uh, there was a couple, I believe they were high schoolers, that was caught in the act at the church, which blows my mind. Uh, there are lots of things we could say about that. But in the moment when they were caught, what happened when that staff member walked in? The guy took off running and left the girl there to face the consequences to talk to the staff member. The guy just took off. He didn't care about her. Um, he was in it for pleasure, right? That was all he cared about with that girl. And here, here's what I want to encourage you with. If you are dating somebody, whether you're the, the guy or the girl in the relationship, if you're dating somebody that's pushing you farther than you want to go physically, and you voice that to them, and it's still happening, you, know, you, need, to, you need to separate yourself from that person. That, that's not good for you. That's not good for them. Um, and maybe that breakup even opens their eyes um, to what they're doing, what they're pushing you into. Um, that same person that's pushing you now, they're going to take off when things get tough. I promise you. They're going to. Um, they're going to take off. Now, there's lots of sexual immorality we can get into with other people. There's plenty of things we can get into by ourselves, too, right? Um, Y'all know how rampant pornography is. I know you know all the statistics. I know you know you shouldn't be doing it. And, but we still got to talk about it, right? Because if we don't talk about it, we're never going to get past it. Um, here's, the, here's the stat. This is a stat from 
four or five years ago uh, when I talked on the same subject. So you know the numbers are, are crazier today. YouTube, YouTube, big deal, y'all. YouTube, that's where everybody watches videos, right? 20 million unique hits every day around the world. So 20 million people going to YouTube every day around the world. How does that compare to Pornhub? Every day, Pornhub has 62 million unique hits in the United States alone. So that's three times the number of people on that one website just in America. Y'all, that's scary. That's a big number. That's almost 20% of the population. Y'all, that's essentially 20 of us in this room have been to that one website today. I hope that's alarming to you. And we don't, we don't have to go into all the reasons why pornography is bad for you, but y'all, this will, it totally messes up your, your view of sex and what it is and how it operates. It, it's just, it's not healthy for you. Don't do it. Um, and and I, if we truly want to be set apart from the world, we've got to stop indulging in this. And you want to find a way to be different than your friends and be set apart and have people think differently about you and wonder what the, about this God that you follow, there's a way. Don't follow them into pornography. Don't, don't have that be part of your life. And you're going to be different than the people around you. And on this, if you don't hear anything else I say, please hear this. Do not, do not, do not bring pornography into your marriage someday. Please don't do that. Um, you've got to be willing to have conversation on the front end about uh, where you are with that in your life. If, you're, if your spouse someday, if they're worth marrying, they're worth talking to about this and working through it together, no matter how awkward that conversation may be. And trust me, I've been there. It was a conversation Rachel and I had to have at some point. Um, but for one, it helped me move past that. And for two, it was, it was so good in that moment for Rachel to not shame me and to try to be understanding, even though it was something that she really doesn't understand. Y'all, I knew she loved me by how she reacted to that conversation. So if you're, if you're the one that doesn't struggle with that, and you have your, your person you're dating or engaged to that brings it up, y'all show them grace. Be, be kind, and then, man, let's power through this thing together. Don't, don't make them fight it in isolation. Um, and all right, before, before we move on, we got to talk about the porn that we don't call porn. Y'all, we got to stop watching stuff on TV and Netflix and everything else that has nudity in it. <laughs> that just, that makes no sense for a believer um, to be watching those things. And we don't, it's not categorized the same because it's not on an X-rated website, but y'all, we know what we're doing in that moment, right? Um, I, I want to, I'm not going to call out this show because I don't want to call out individual people, but I kept, I, this was, I don't know, a year and a half ago, two years ago, kept having people saying, you guys have got to watch this show. It is the best thing on right now. Rachel and I are like, I don't really care what happens with this ranch that's happening out here, but it must be good. Like everybody is talking about this. And uh, like I said, I'm not going to say the name of the show, but it's one word, and it's a color and then a type of rock um, is the show that I'm talking about. Yo, we watched, we watched the first episode, part of it, and I wanted to turn it off after the opening scene because the horse has the leg cut off. And I'm like, who, who wants to watch that? That's gross, right? I don't want to see that. 
I'm trying to like wind down at the end of the day. I'm not trying to look at a horse dying. That's not how I want to go to bed, right? Um, but then we make it just another few minutes into the show and there's a full-blown sex scene on my TV right here. I'm sitting next to my wife and we're like, whoa, what is this? How, where did this come from? How is this the show that everybody's recommending to us? You know, that's, that's not how we operate as believers, as followers of God. That, that's just not how we do things. Don't justify something that you wouldn't sit next to Jesus and watch for the sake of entertainment. Because what did this passage tell us just a minute ago? Christ is part of our body. His spirit lives within us. And when we uh, participate in sexual sin ourselves, we're dragging him in it with us. Don't justify watching something just for the sake of entertainment if you wouldn't sit there next to Jesus and watch it with him. Amen. Yes, thank you. <laughs> it's, I'm gonna stop. Uh, if you're single, hear me, this, can, this whole conversation can feel like, man, God's holding out on me. What, how, how do I, I can't even relate to any of this. Um, you can glorify God through your sexuality too. And the way you do that, you make God's name great when you say, sex is something reserved for marriage. Maybe I'll get there someday, but for right now, that is something I stay away from. Now, when you do that, God is proud of you. I'm proud of you. That's, that's not an easy thing to do, but when we stay away, you make God proud and you let the world see a picture of God in that moment, right? And I've, I've intentionally not spent a whole lot of time talking about homosexuality. Um, and part of that is because I want that to become a more normal part of our conversation. Like I, it has felt at times to me like it's this polarizing, it's this whole other category. Um, and I don't think it's actually that way. <laughs> uh, I've had to come to that realization that I was wrong in some of my thinking. You know, homosexuality, it, it's, it's sexual sin. It's no, it's no worse than any other sin you can come up with. And I hope if that's, if that's something that you wrestle with, I hope you hear that from me, that um, it, it's the same. The, the path of discipleship is same for you, no matter if you're heterosexual or homosexual, whatever your attractions are, that path of discipleship, the way to follow Jesus is the same. You have a sexuality and you steward it to the glory of God. And that may mean, like I said, it can mean at times if you're single, um, that God's holding out on you because he is God. He is calling you to be celibate until that day sometime in the future if you end up being married. He is calling you to that. And I know that can feel hard. It can feel like God's holding out on you, but I, I want to encourage you with two things. For one, we weren't created just for sex. That's not why we were made. We were created to glorify God, right? And that may be part of it in your life, but that's not, it's not the ultimate in the human experience. Like, it's not, it's not all that you are, right, is whether or not you, you get to have sex someday. That is, that is not the peak of your life. And second, you know, maybe this isn't, I know it can feel easy for me, the married guy with two kids. I know it can feel, like, yeah, easy for you to say on some of this stuff. Um, but there have been plenty of other situations where I have felt like, God, like, why are you, why are you not letting me have this? Why, why is this not happening and even specifically, there was, there was a church two years ago that was considering calling me as their senior pastor. It made perfect sense to me. I thought it was a great situation. It looked awesome. I knew it was going to happen. And it didn't happen. And I'm sitting there, like, I was, I was honestly, I was mad. Like, God, what happened? This was too easy. Why, why would you not allow this? Why are you holding out on me, God? Holding out on my family. 
And now a couple of years later, I'm standing in this room with you guys, and I realized God was not holding out on me. Like he had a good life planned for me. He had something so much better for me than I could have thought or imagined, right? And what I want you to hear is if you're single, y'all, there are so many ways God can use you because of your singleness. Not in spite of your singleness, because of your singleness. I have a wife and I have kids now. There are a lot of freedoms that you have that I don't have. And, and that is not a complaint at all. I'm just saying, you've got a lot more time on your hands than I do, right? Like, as soon as this is done, I'm trying to race home to see my boys before they go to bed. Uh, I, I can't just pack up and go overseas. It's not that easy for me, right? I want you to hear, y'all, God can and will use you because of your singleness. I mean, no matter where you are in your sexuality, the, the kind of the final thought I want to leave you with is this. No matter where you are, what you do with your body matters. What you do with your actual body matters. I want you to look back at verse 19 and 20, kind of the end of verse 19 there. It says, you are not your own, for you were bought at a price. So glorify God with your body. There are two ways that we can read this verse, and I think we should read this verse. The first is this, just at the plain reading, y'all, we have an obligation to Jesus to obey him, right? Like it's as simple as that. We've got an obligation uh, and we're indebted to him because he gave his body up for us. Now we, we let him call the shots with what we do with our body. Man, if he, and trust me, you know, if he's, if he's willing to die for you, he's not doing it to give you this boring life. He's doing it because he's got something great planned for you. If God's willing to give up his body for us, we should be willing to give our body for him. And I hope you see in this verse too, the value placed on you. Re read that again. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. You're bought, y'all. Jesus looked at you in all your mess and whatever you're feeling right now. And he said, yes, that person is worth me dying for. That's a person that we can trust, right? And Rachel already knows if we have a daughter someday, I'm going to push real hard for that girl to be named Price because of this verse right here. And you can steal that if you want to. Just let me have it first. I want that little girl to be named Price because I want her to know how valuable she is. I don't want her to ever question that. Like, I want her to... <laughs> I don't even have a daughter. I'm feeling this way. Um, I want my sons to know they were bought at a price. That they have value in the eyes of God, Right? And thinking about my sons, there was a day at the beach this summer where uh, I was in a chair, Boone sleeping on me, which is just the best experience, honestly, when your son falls asleep on you. But Ford's behind me playing, or so I thought. He walks up to me with this lady I don't know, and he's like, hey, Daddy. And I'm like, hey, son, who are you? And there's this lady walking up, and she says, hey, he was headed up to the pool. I'm like, oh, really? Um... Now, I'm in the moment, I'm trying to keep myself calm because I'm trying to keep Boone asleep. So I didn't freak out about it too much. I didn't get too worked up about it. And honestly, I probably shouldn't even say this, but the lady was super judgy. She was like, you're a bad parent. And I'm like, you probably made mistakes with your kids too. But we, we, we lost him in that moment. We didn't even know we had lost him, right? Uh, and he, and thank, thank the Lord that lady just brought him back to us. I don't know how she found us, but she just brought him back to us. And... The more I've thought about that situation in hindsight, 
the more I thought, man, that could have been a disaster. Like there's a lot of potential for things to go really wrong with a three-year-old wandering off on the beach by himself, right? He could have gotten into the ocean and nobody knew it. He could have made his way up to the pool and fallen in when nobody was watching. Somebody could have taken him. I don't know who this lady was. She could have just taken off with him and I would have never known. You know, it's not an exaggeration to say she potentially saved his life by just bringing him back to us. And as I thought about that, I thought, man, I wish I had shown so much more gratitude to that lady. Like I wish we had, I don't know, bought her lunch or paid for her to fill up her gas to go, to go home from the beach. Just something to show our gratitude to her because we were, y'all, we were indebted to her in that moment. How much more are we indebted to Christ? Should, should we not be searching for ways to honor and thank him with how we live our lives? Uh, should, should we not be searching for every opportunity to do that? Lord, whatever it is you want me to do, whatever it is you say in your word, however you want me to handle my sexuality, I'll do it. Because if God, if you, if you paid that price for me, if you gave up yourself for me, whatever you want me to do, I will do it. God, that's the attitude I want to have towards you. And I hope tonight you will find yourself in a place where you see yourself the way God sees you, the value that you have. I hope you'll believe that God loves you and he knows what's best for you. Because y'all, if the God of the universe loves us, we can trust him because he's in control. And if he tells us something, it's because it's good for us. I hope you leave tonight able to, in confidence, walk away and say, whatever it is that God calls me to, whether that be singleness or marriage or, or celibacy, uh, God, I'll do it. And I'll do it for your glory. And I'll tell people about it. That's the attitude I hope we might leave with tonight. And, and when we realize how valuable we are to God, we realize how much he loves us. Let's not settle for less than the best that he has for us. Don't, don't settle when you've got a God that loves you and has good plan for you. If you would, I want you to go ahead and bow. And I want to pray over a couple of specific situations. So I really mean it. I know sometimes we peek on things like this. I really don't want anybody looking around right now. Because um, what I want to do is I want to I pray over you. And if you would be so bold and be a little bit vulnerable with me, I want to bring up some situations and have you, if you would, raise your hand so that I can pray over you. Um, and the first one is this. If you are currently struggling with pornography. Um, if, if you would be willing to raise your hand and show me that so that I can pray over you, I want to do that. And please know you are not alone when you raise your hand in this. There are, there are hands across the room. You're not alone in that. Okay. I'm going to pray over you in just a second. You can put your hand down. Um, the second one is this. If you, if you just find yourself, and I realize this one might be hard to raise your hand because you might be sitting next to the person, but if you find yourself right now in an unhealthy relationship that you're trying to figure out, do I need to get out of this? How, how do I need to handle this situation? If you're in an unhealthy relationship right now, would you raise your hand so that I can see that? Okay, all right, you can put your hands down. The next one is this, if you, uh, part of your life is same-sex attraction. If that is um, a, something that you wrestle with, that you're trying to navigate, um, if same-sex attraction is part of your makeup, would you be willing to, to raise your hand so that I can see that and pray over you? I, I know with the number in this room, that's a real possibility. Okay. And then the last one is this. If you are really struggling just with the fact that you're single and you really want to be married, 
and experience all that comes with that, if that's a real struggle for you, if that's a real area of discontentment for you, would you raise your hand and let me see that so that I can pray over you? You're not alone raising your hand right now. Okay, you can put them down. Let me, let me pray over you guys. And here's what I want to, I want to even warn you about. If you just raise your hand for one of those things and you really want to work through that, and you just took a stand for that, y'all, the enemy's gonna come after you this week. I had a friend I had lunch with Sunday and we were talking about his struggle with pornography and I couldn't get him off my mind the rest of the week. So I'm thinking the enemy's going to come after him because he's trying to get, he's trying to live in a way that honors God and the devil does not like that. So please know that as you leave tonight, as you head home, um, be prepared, be prepared for, uh, the enemy to come after you and to tempt you with whatever it is that you struggle with. And um, I want you to be prepared to fight that. So let me pray over all of you now. God, I pray that this group here would set a tone for our whole church in the way that they steward their sexuality. God, I pray that you would give us strong conviction, that you would give us resolve as we walk out of these doors tonight, that we can honor you and glorify you. And it is a good thing to handle our sexuality well because it gives the world a picture of you. Lord, for those who are in unhealthy relationships who are struggling with pornography, who, who feel same-sex attraction and are trying to figure out what that means, Lord, those who struggle with singleness and, and desiring a relationship, God, I pray that you would provide all of those with contentment. I pray that you would give them uh, a great confidence in you and the plan that you have. I pray that they would be able to trust you with their life, not, not just for salvation, but with their life here and now, God. Because we know that you don't just uh, save us and then we're just waiting for heaven, right? Like we have a life to live now, ways to honor you now, God. And I pray that you would help us all to do that. And Lord, if there's somebody here that thought about raising their hand but didn't, God, I pray that you would continue to speak to them. Would you put people around all of us that we can be open to? Lord, would you give us uh, the power of your Holy Spirit to fight all kinds of sexual immorality? Lord, we want to flee. Your word tells us to flee, and we want to flee, and we need your power to do it. Lord, we love you. We are grateful for the ways that you love us, and we pray all these things in your holy name. Amen.